attempting a second installment here. I don't usually join on these little podcasts with Glenn, but today we decided to go over the topic of the Boys and Girls Club. Glenn, thanks for coming on to your own podcast. I appreciate it. Well, you're quite welcome. It's, <laughs> uh, it's fun and exciting to be talking about one of my passions in life. I know that sometimes uh, try uh, overused word, but it truly is uh, uh, a passion I've yeah. had for going over 45 years. Mm-hmm. And that's, if you didn't know, I think I spoke on it briefly just there, the Boys and Girls Club. And we're bringing this up because back in the 90s, late 90s, I was a 90s kid. I was born in 93. I'm a, a youngin'. Get my exact age pretty soon here. I was a student going through Boys and Girls Club of the East while you were on the board of directors. And I, it's one of those things where it's just funny. You know, you don't know who you don't know until you start talking about history in one way or another. What, I guess we'll start right into there. Give us the, you don't have to be exact on dates, but what was your time like there? What do you do today versus 20 years ago? What's I your role? Started, I started in uh, 1975. Wow. And... It was just the Tempe Boys Club back then. Mm. And I was on the board and then became chairman of the board of the Tempe Boys Club. And we were one of the first clubs in the country that was part of the movement that made it what it is today, the Tempe Boys and Girls Club, and then Mm. nationally, the Boys and Girls Club of America. And I... uh, served on the board and as chairman of the board of the East Valley Boys and Girls Club, serving over 10 clubs and thousands and thousands of kids. And then over the years, I've supported uh, the clubs Mm -hmm. financially. And then here the last year, the East Valley Club merged with Phoenix Mm -hmm. to become the Valley Boys and Girls Club of a number of clubs. Mm Serving thousands. And that's just like the overall Phoenix area now, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Like yes. it's all come together. It's one big area. That's got to be a lot more kids, though. I mean, I can imagine 10 clubs. Our club had a couple hundred in Fountain Hills. So 10 clubs, and you're dealing with a couple thousand kids on the low end, let alone. Well, as you know, it, it, one of the... Uh, mottos we had, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, for a number of years was a positive place for kids. Mm -hmm. And that indeed is what it's all about, is provide kids a place to go Mm -hmm. after school, to study, to learn, to have access to computers. Um, I I just uh, couldn't be prouder of Mm -hmm. my connection with the clubs. That's actually a true point too. Uh, The computers in general, you know, Computers were around, but not around when I was in, like, 2000. Like, they were becoming normal. And it was one of the first places where I was able to really get on a good computer. Now, we had sports and art and everything else, but it was, I remember playing things like Oregon Trail on there. You know, as, now I'm curious, now that we're on that subject, as time goes on and Boys and Girls has evolved, what, you know, was there a lot of big changes? Was things just like a slowly gradual movement, like... How's the flow there? Well, the big change, of course, was from boys' club and girls' club separately mm-hmm. 
to the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Yeah. Uh, the second big change, of course, has been uh, our digital world, yeah. the way we communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but some things haven't changed. Mm -hmm. And I like to focus on those things which haven't changed, yeah. and that is the tremendous background of the staff, people mm -hmm. that are hired by the Boys and Girls Club, and, and what they give back to this community and give to this community, mm -hmm. what the board members give to this community, and what they do to help kids. Mm -hmm. Do you, has it really changed, the COVID changed Boys and Girls Club a lot? Not that I want you to put you on the spot, but I'm curious. Like, have you seen a little bit of how? Like, yeah. is it less less kids? What does it what does it look like? Yes, it's changed. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get out of this entirely. Come back to it and get back to where kids are free to come and go. Uh, right now, wearing masks. Um, you know, with um, hopefully some new rules that will permit kids to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Perhaps even the Boys and Girls Club can provide a place where they can get vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, of course, that's down the road a little bit. But, um, you know, we still are open. We've remained open uh, for virtual participation. Mm -hmm. And it's been, that's one of the benefits of technology. Uh, and, uh, I, I just couldn't be more pleased with what mm -hmm. I've seen in the leadership of the trying. It's hard to lead. It's easy to lead in good times. It's very hard to lead in bad times. And I was, I've was i been a part of the bad times. Yeah, too. that's right. You uh, <laughs> I elaborate a little on that. You joined back as the chair again for a while. Yeah, you know, when the economic downturns occur, a lot of people are well aware of the effect it has on businesses, commercial mm -hmm. for-profit businesses. The effect on nonprofits is also enormous. Yeah. People can't afford to give. Yeah. And um, it, it's tough to get donations even in good times. Yeah. I get that. I think the nice part about Arizona is they do that $400 uh, state tax thing. For everyone who doesn't know, I think you automatically get $400 off no questions off your state taxes to try to help, like to ease that pain, right? To try to get people to donate. You know, you, you, you're making an outstanding point, Anthony, and that is to get people, thousands of people involved, yeah. hopefully, to give whatever they can, mm -hmm. $400, $10, $100. Mm -hmm. I think too often we leave it up to the big donors. And I've been to some events even here recently mm -hmm where the owners of professional teams and and the like have donated hundreds of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. which is wonderful yeah but at the end of the day we need everyone participating mm -hmm. in this wonderful cause giving what they can mm -hmm. and realizing that even a hundred dollars four hundred dollars makes a difference yeah well i got beliefs so. i mean i remember going back we did like arts and arts and crafts class, and we always had supplies. I can't think of a time where we had to bring anything to Boys and Girls Club. We paid like a, I think we paid like a small. I think they just wanted you to to give a few dollars to say you were you were coming to have a little skin in the game. But other than that, we didn't pay anything as kids, and I thought that was a really cool thing. That that is a really an interesting comment. We. 
we um, we of course on the on the board and, and uh, over the years we know that if a kid couldn't afford it yeah we would find a way of course yeah and uh, to make it at, at no cost and uh, the great world champion fighter Evander Holyfield mm -hmm. was a boys and girls club kid really and he has a wonderful funny story that he tells about going to the first time and he didn't have you know the ten dollars that it took yeah that, some that, small and that you know one of the ladies there just spotted him the ten dollars mm. and said come on in and it changed his life yeah well you know there's a difference between this is the tough part about I think donating in general it's hard to differentiate between the person that says that that will take the money and grow and some people some individuals some groups may not you're, you're, you're almost giving to a lost cause it's not to say it's still not worth giving but it's definitely nice to how do I say this you, you, you hope your intentions help them right you hope it, it creates some sort of growth that I think the Boys and Girls Club in the way it's set up and where the dollars go the large percentage of it goes directly to the kids and taking yeah. care of the kids mm -hmm. and to the staff and, and, and providing yeah. what the clubs provide mm -hmm. and that's what makes it the Boys and Girls Club mm -hmm. um, I don't think people would be any any way disappointed in seeing where their dollar yeah. goes I believe that when you think about your time leading, like on the board and as a chair, is there a few big items you learned? Is there is some particular nonprofits versus profits that you learned? Like, what would you say are a few key points you think over the years that really struck you? I learned about teamwork. Mm -hmm. I learned about leadership. Um, and I learned about problem solving. Yeah. And you have to do it as a team. I, I learned that on the board, and even as chairman of the board, you got to listen to everybody. Mm -hmm. Be a good listener. You know, sometimes the solutions to problems come from sources you're not expecting. That's true. So you got to listen, and then when you lead, you want to embrace everyone and get everybody on board. Mm -hmm. And I learned that. You know, the, the power of a, of a mission mm -hmm. and everybody buying into that mission and here it was supporting and caring for the, the kids in our mm -hmm. community. Most people on, it's mostly staffed, right? Like it's not, I know there's some not, uh, some volunteer work, but the, the board, most of the people that work with the kids, that's all actual staff members, correct? Most of it, but there's a lot of volunteers. Are there? And, uh, but the, the trained staff, always outstanding, mm -hmm. is there to make sure everything goes right. Mm -hmm. What's the, now I'm curious, you know, say someone wants to become a Boys and Girls Club leader or the kids, you know, is there some prerequisites? Is there some preferred backgrounds? We'd like to see college graduates. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have been trained in various courses, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working with youth, mm -hmm. community service. Uh, many of our staff today have been Boys and Girls Club. Interesting. Members. It's been around long enough now, yeah. 
And I think that's a good, a great statement mm -hmm. about the power of what's provided. Yeah, interesting. I'm just, I'm, I keep thinking back to it. It was a, uh, because for me it was only, it was only 20 years ago. That's not that long ago that we were in Boys and Girls Club. And then we'd play, you would get art time, computer time, and then we'd have a, you know, we played kickball a lot because a lot of kids like kickball and we would vote. So the guy that was running the, the physics portion, he'd say, okay, we got like four or five votes on the wall. We want to play. And there was like a group of like 12 kids that all like kickball. And there was only like 20 of us in this, in this one pack of us that they had, you know, so we always play kickball. Right? It's not the worst game, but it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think back to it. What do you do? You have any big memories? Do you have any major? I know you just got uh, inducted to the Hall of Fame. Like, what kind of what moments stood out for you over the last forty-five years being in the Boys and Girls Club? What stood out to me the most is the difference the clubs have made in the lives of kids, mm -hmm. and we can't ever underestimate that. Um, it's just how kids get motivated. Mm -hmm. And they need a place to go. And, and when so many come from, you know, single parent homes, and many come from no parent homes. Yeah. I remember one of the most motivational speeches I ever heard was in a Youth of the Year uh, contest, we call it, mm -hmm. with the, you know, the kids would have to give speeches. Yeah, and then we would select a youth of the year for various clubs, and then for the East Valley, and now for um, the Boys and Girls Club of the Valley. Mm -hmm. And this young man got up, and his mother was in prison, his father was in prison, an aunt that he lived with went to prison. Jeez, uh, all that had drug problems. He was amazing. Yeah, he had gotten a scholarship. We give scholarships too, to mm -hmm. ASU, um, and he made something of his life and came back and worked on the staff wow. at the Boys and Girls Club. Those are the kind of stories that choke me up yeah. and they empower me. Yeah, I get that. It's pretty amazing stuff. Well, Glenn, I appreciate you sharing your time, your experience. I think 45 years is quite a long time to do just about anything. I haven't even breathed, breathed that long, let alone worked on something. <laughs> well, well, Anthony, you're a success story from the club, too. Uh, I, and some would say yes. And, I agree with that. Yeah. And, and so congratulations to you. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you checking in once again. This is Glenn's podcast, but I'm going to open and close it. Check out the podcast, websites. You need a lawyer. Go ahead and give a little pitch on the, the lawyer section, good sir. You got law school and Gilcrease. What do you do here? Again, uh, I want to stress that I'm a certified specialist yes. by the Arizona State Board and certified nationally mm -hmm. uh, to represent you in personal injury, wrongful death work. Mm -hmm. And we're good at it. We know what to do. And mm -hmm. most of all, we care. Yes, if you if you call here, Glenn actually is on the phone. You know, he's there with you on the actual process. It's not some, I'd say, almost lackey. And then once in a while, Glenn shows up for a picture and then leaves the room. He's actually here to work with you. So, give him a call, Law Office Glenn Gilcrease. Thank you, guys.